Just a quick note before we begin this week's episode. Firstly, a reminder that there's a competition running. Two winners will win a copy of one of my books. There's a copy of Illustrated Tales of Northumberland up for grabs, and a copy of Paranormal Northumberland. On the 16th of July, I'll be walking 28 miles in one day to raise money for cancer research. This is in memory of one of my friends who lost his battle in 2017, aged only 34. If you'd like to enter the competition and support an incredibly worthwhile charity, please consider heading over to justgiven.com forward slash page, that's P-A-G-E, forward slash walk for John 2023. That's the word walk, the number four, the name John with an H, 2023. The link is in this podcast episode description and sponsor whatever you can afford. If you do that, drop me an email at rob at how-haunted.com and I'll pop your name into the hat. I'll do the draw at the end of July and I'll ship the books out to the two lucky winners anywhere in the world. I'll also sign them with whatever you want. Also, while I'm here, just a warning that this week's episode includes the topic of slavery and abuse towards slaves working on sugarcane plantations in Jamaica. With that, enjoy the show. Nestled on the lush island of Jamaica lies an enigmatic manor shrouded in mystery and macabre tales. A grand hall, with elegant Georgian architecture and captivating lure, holds a haunting past that has gripped the imagination of locals and visitors alike. It has earned a fearsome reputation, originating from slavery, murder and rumoured witchcraft. So tonight, join me as we dare to step foot inside the lair of the White Witch and investigate Rose Hall. Welcome to episode 44 of How Haunted, a weekly paranormal podcast where each episode we explore the horrible history and terrifying ghost stories of one of the most haunted places on planet Earth. I'm Rob Kirkup, author, paranormal historian and ghost hunter from the northeast of England. Allow me to be your guide as we dare to investigate in depth the often dark and troubled history of each location, and of course, the chilling tales of the ghosts that reside within. This week, we travel to the Caribbean island nation of Jamaica and ask, just how haunted is Rose Hall?
Listener discretion is advised, as each episode of How Haunted will feature gruesome tales, horrific happenings, bloody murder, and ghosts. So many ghosts. Listen on if you dare. In the city Montego Bay on the Caribbean island of Jamaica lies a historical gem which has captured the imagination of visitors for centuries, Rose Hall. With its fascinating past, mysterious legends and architectural grandeur, Rose Hall stands as a testament to the island's rich and troubled history. The history of Rose Hall can be traced back to the 18th century, when the English established large sugar plantations in Jamaica. It is often mistakenly written that the hall was built for Folk Rose, but Folk Rose died in March 1694, aged 49, over 50 years prior to the construction of Rose Hall. Folk was a physician, born in Gloucestershire, England, and an early colonist of Jamaica. He owned extensive land on the island, and was one of the principal buyers of slaves brought to Jamaica by the Royal African Company. This abhorrent company of legalised slave traders was established in 1660 by the royal family and the City of London merchants to engage in the trade of extracted resources and human trafficking along the west coast of Africa. It was led by the Duke of York, who was the brother of King Charles II, and who would himself become king in 1685, becoming King James II. There are two schools of thought regarding the naming of Rose Hall, which have been debated upon for many years, with opinion fairly evenly split. One is that it was named for the Rose family, and the other is that it was named for a lady called Rosa Kelly, who was the first mistress of Rose Hall. Rosa Kelly was the daughter of Irish immigrants living in Jamaica. Her father was Reverend John Kelly, the Anglican rector for the parish of St James's. In 1746, Rosa's fiancé Henry Fannin bought a 290-acre True Friendship sugar plantation for £3,000, planning to build a house upon the site to be the perfect home for himself and his bride-to-be. The following year they were wed on the 16th of July, but shortly afterwards Henry died. By 1748, records show that there were 72 slaves working on the sugar plantation, 53 men and 19 women. These enslaved people are recorded as having a total value of £3,738.25. In 1750, three years after the passing of her first husband, Rosa married a wealthy landowner called George Ash. He immediately set about building a grand mansion, costing £30,000, upon the plantation bought in 1746 by Henry Fanning, and Rose Hall was constructed. Rose Hall was designed as a calendar house, with 365 windows, 52 doors and 12 bedrooms. It was lavishly decorated with carved mahogany and stone. George did have close ties to the Rose family, so it's not out of the question that it may be named in their honour. But considering he built the house for Rosa, it seems more fitting that it was named for her. By 1752, shortly after work was completed on Rose Hall, George died. Just one year later in May 1753, Rosa married Norwood Witter, a plantation owner, and he himself was a widower, following his wife Benella's death in 1751. Norwood was Rosa's third husband in the space of just six years. 
Norwood owned a huge amount of land, and in 1754 he is recorded as owning 2,290 acres of land in St James's, 3,247 acres in Westmoreland, and 1,000 acres in St Elizabeth, totaling 6,537 acres. Their marriage wasn't a happy one, and despite his own wealth, he spent all of his wife's money. He died in 1767, leaving Rosa with considerable debt. At the time of his death, Norwood Witter owned 108 slaves working on his plantations. 51 were male, and 57 were female, and 17 were enslaved children. In 1768, Rosa married for the fourth time, when she wed John Palmer, who was the owner of the neighbouring Palmyra estate and the warden of St James's Parish. Palmer was also a widower, and he had two sons living in England. By now, Rose Hall Estate was around 650 acres and was divided among sugarcane, grass and pasture. The Palmyra Estate was around 1,250 acres, with 250 African slaves carrying out work there. John and Rosa had a happy marriage that lasted 22 years and it ended when Rosa died in 1790. Her will read, I give and bequeath all my residue of my estate, real and personal, unto my dearly beloved husband, John Palmer, who is most deserving. There is a statue of Rosa Palmer at St James's Parish Church, situated just to the left of the altar. John Palmer commissioned John Bacon to create it, to commemorate his beloved wife following her passing. John Palmer found himself struggling financially by 1792, so mortgaged both Palmyra and Rose Hall. In the same year he married again for a third time, when he wed Rebecca Ann James, who was a much younger woman. In March 1797, John Palmer died. Both Rose Hall and Palmyra were left to John's sons in England, but neither of them travelled to Jamaica at all following their father's death, or to claim the grand houses which were now theirs. When they died, neither of them had any children, and as a result, the ownership of both estates passed to John Palmer's grandnephew, John Rose Palmer. The estates of Rose Hall and Palmyra were now recorded as being around 6,500 acres and having 2,000 slaves. John Rose Palmer travelled to Jamaica, and he married a 17-year-old Jamaican girl called Anna, but who went by the name of Annie. He married Annie Mary Patterson on the 28th of March 1820. Seven years later, John Rose Palmer died in November 1827. Two years prior to John Palmer's death, the architect James Hawkell's book, Picturesque Tours of the Island of Jamaica, was published. Having visited Rose Hall, he wrote, The house of which we give a view is justly considered as the best in Jamaica, and was erected about 50 years since by the uncle of the present proprietor, at the expense of 30,000 sterling. It is placed at a delightful elevation and commands a very extensive sea view. Its general appearance has much the character of a handsome Italian villa. A double flight of stone steps leads to an open portico, giving access to the entrance hall, on the left of which is the eating room, and on the right the drawing room, behind which are other apartments for domestic uses. The right wing, fitted up with great elegance, and enriched with painting and gilding, was a private apartment of the late Mrs Palmer, and the left wing is occupied as servants' apartment and offices. The principal staircase in the body of the house is a specimen of joinery and mahogany, 
and other costly woods seldom excelled, and leads to a suite of chambers in the upper storey. By 1830, due to financial troubles which had seen the late John Rose Palmer at one point owing debts of £6,000, which is over £400,000 a day, Annie sold all of her possessions, including Rose Hall. She moved to an estate called Bellevue in the town of St James's, which was willed away by her uncle. Some sources claim Annie Palmer died in 1831, aged 27, but she actually died in Bonavista, near Anchevin, in 1846. She was 44. Her official cause of death is English cholera, and her death certificate was signed by a Dr Bamford and a Dr Knight. However, there are claims that this may not necessarily have been the case, as we'll look at shortly. On the 25th of December, Christmas Day, 1831, an 11-day-long rebellion started, which involved 60,000 of the 300,000 slaves in Jamaica. Slavery was introduced into Jamaica in the early 16th century, following Christopher Columbus's arrival on the island in 1494. However, it was during the 18th century that Jamaica emerged as a leading producer of sugar, driving the demand for enslaved labour to unprecedented levels. Plantations grew in size and number, with an increasing dependence on enslaved Africans to toil under harsh conditions. The enslaved population in Jamaica endured unimaginable suffering, with their lives defined by physical and psychological abuse, exploitation and forced labour. Families were torn apart as individuals were bought and sold as property, denying them their basic human rights and dignity. The system of slavery perpetuated an unequal power dynamic, where the lives of enslaved Africans were valued only in terms of their economic productivity. The rebellion is known by many names. The Baptist War, the Christmas Rebellion, the Christmas Uprising, the Great Jamaican Slave Revolt, and the Sam Sharp Rebellion. Samuel Sharp was a black Baptist deacon who rallied the slaves to revolt against their owners on the island. He was inspired by the abolitionist movement in London. The slaves demanded more freedom and a working wage of half the going wage rate. They formed a pact agreeing none of them would work until their demands were met by the plantation owners. They envisaged that this peaceful protest would ensure they got what they were asking for. They would only resort to violent protest if violence was used against them to force them back to work. Two days later, on the 27th of December, a peaceful protest ended. This was following an incident where slaves set fire to Kensington Estate in the hills above Montego Bay. On December the 31st, New Year's Eve, martial law was instituted by the colonial authorities. The rebellion ultimately failed, and by the end of it, the slave battalions had killed 14 white people, but the rebels had suffered huge losses, with 207 slaves killed during the rebellion and around a further 300 executed. The damage done by rebels to properties belonging to the plantation owners in just 11 days was devastating. A full report was produced in March 1832, which estimated that the damage to be worth £1,154,589, which is roughly £125 million today. Rebels had set fire to properties owned by planters. There were over 700 great houses standing at the time, owned by Jamaica's wealthy landowners, but now only 15 remain, the most impressive of which is Rose Hall. The rebellion may have failed, and it cost the lives of over 500 slaves, 
but it paved the way for Parliament to pass the Slavery Abolition Act of 1833. Following Annie Palmer's death, Rose Hall had three different owners before being left empty for a number of years. It's been written that one of the families that owned the house, the Hendersons, fled the house in terror after being plagued by escalating paranormal occurrences, which culminated in their maid falling or being thrown from the balcony in Annie's room. Rose Hall was empty for years, and unattended and decaying, there was a real danger that it would never be a home again. This was to change in 1965 when John Rollins, one of America's most successful business entrepreneurs, came to Jamaica and immediately fell in love with the island. He and his wife Michelle bought the 7,000 acre Rose Hall estate and set about restoring the great house at a cost of $2.5 million. This restoration was in keeping with the original 18th century colonial style, with silk wallpapers, chandeliers, mahogany panelling and floors, as well as European antiques. Today, Rose Hall Estate employs over 200 Jamaicans who help to operate the estate which includes Rose Hall Great House, Cinnamon Hill Great House, which was once the home of country music legend Johnny Cash, and championship golf courses, the Cinnamon Hill Golf Course and the White Witch Golf Course. The house offers visitors a glimpse into Jamaica's past, not shying away from its roots in slavery. Rose Hall's historical and cultural significance has made it a popular tourist destination in Jamaica, Visitors can explore the grand rooms, admire the antique furniture, and immerse themselves in the fascinating narratives of the plantation's past. Additionally, the estate's beautiful surroundings, including the well-manicured gardens and the panoramic views offered over the Caribbean Sea, further enhance the visitor experience. The White Witch Golf Course is named for Rose Hall's best-known character, as well as being the most famous ghost in all of Jamaica being immortalised in Jamaican author Herbert Delissa's book The White Witch of Rose Hall, which was published in 1929. The White Witch being no other than former owner Annie Palmer. Annie Palmer arrived at Rose Hall Estate in 1820, having married John Rose Palmer. She may have only been 17 years old, but she quickly gained notoriety for her alleged cruelty and mysterious practices. According to local legend, Annie Palmer was born to an English mother and an Irish father. When Annie was just 10 years old, the family moved to Haiti. Her parents died of yellow fever. Annie was then raised by her Haitian nanny, from whom she began to learn the mysterious art of voodoo. When she reached adulthood, she moved to Jamaica, at which point she married. Annie was known for her striking beauty, but also for her dark and mysterious nature. They were wed in March, but before the year was out, Annie had tired of her husband, and before long, she had a string of her slaves as lovers. It's unclear if these slaves were involved with Annie willingly, whether they were doing it under order, or whether she had them under a spell. In 1827, John caught Annie with one of these slaves and beat her with a riding crop. The slave was never seen again, and the following day, John was dead. Annie had supposedly poisoned his coffee. Annie was now the sole owner of Rose Hall and Palmyra Estates, and this was bad news for those enslaved there working on the sugarcane plantation, as the White Witch's cruelty over the last seven years was nothing compared to the reign of terror they were about to endure. She would take slaves as lovers, often more than one at a time, and when she grew bored of them, she would torture them, and even kill those who did anything to displease her. After all, she thought, I can just buy more slaves. She would order the slaves to dispose of those she killed, only for those in turn to be murdered. 
She ensured that the slaves could not escape by setting traps all around the estate, but this was needless, as the slaves were so fearful of Annie that they would not dare step out of line. Slaves who worked at the house and had access to the kitchen were required to whistle whenever they were around food. This is so that she would know that they were not able to spit in it or eat any of it. Any slave caught not whistling would be taken away and beheaded. Things were bleak for the slaves, who woke up every day just hoping that they could survive another day without being singled out by the White Witch for torture or worse. There are a few indisputable inaccuracies in the legend, and the most obvious one is the claim that Annie married twice more, and murdered both of these husbands for their money. Her second husband she stabbed to death when he was sleeping, then poured boiling oil into his ears and down his throat to ensure he was dead. The third she killed with the help of her slave lover, Taku. In reality, Annie was married only once to John Rose Palmer. It appears that the idea that she married three times in a short space of time is a mix-up with the previous mistress of Rose Hall, Rosa Kelly, who was married three times within six years, and her first two husbands died shortly after their marriage. Annie met a man called Robert Rutherford and fell head over heels in love with him. Robert, however, only had eyes for one woman, and unfortunately for Annie, it wasn't her. It was the granddaughter of Annie's slave lover, Taku. Annie was enraged. How dare he prefer a worthless slave girl over the Lady of Rose Hall? Annie hatched a plan. She cast a voodoo spell on the girl. The spell was called an old hedge, and would bring about a visit from a ghost that would cause whoever received this visitation to wither and die. The spell worked, and Taku's granddaughter died, seemingly for no reason. Annie seemed pleased at what everybody else considered to be terrible news, and Taku knew that she was behind her death. So when he was next alone with Annie, he grabbed his opportunity with both hands, literally, and strangled Annie to death. The slaves, free of the White Witch at last, took her body and buried it into a deep hole on the estate. Then they destroyed every picture of her, for fear that after dark she would step out of the painting and walk Rose Hall once again. They then destroyed all of her possessions, regardless of value, believing them to be tainted by her evil spirit. A voodoo ritual was carried out on her unmarked grave to ensure that her spirit could not escape and return to the land of the living. However, this ritual wasn't carried out correctly or simply didn't work, as Annie haunts Rose Hall to this day. Her grave is said to be now marked by a distinctive grave marker. You can see it over on the Instagram at How Haunted Pod. During the rebellion of 1831-1832, it said that Rose Hall escaped being burned to the ground, as the slaves feared that this would release Annie's spirit to terrorise the slaves once again. There are some more inaccuracies in the legend that we need to address at this point. The story says that Annie was murdered by a slave in 1831 aged 27. However, she lived until well after slavery had been abolished in Jamaica and died in 1846 elsewhere on the island. The grave marker at Rose Hall said it belonged to Annie Palmer simply doesn't. However, it may well belong to Rosa Kelly, we just don't know. Annie had also left the estate by 1830, and at this point, there were no longer any slaves at Rose Hall. This legend is famous across Jamaica, and is a huge boon for Rose Hall, as visitors come along to hear the tale of Annie Palmer, as well as attending paranormal events at the hall, hoping, yet fearing, the thought of encountering the White Witch. That said, it's clearly a work of fiction, or at least we know that some aspects of it definitely are not accurate. But is there a chance that some of it could be based on fact? Annie was of Scottish descent, she had no ties to Haiti, and didn't have a knowledge of voodoo. 
We know little about her marriage to John, but from all accounts it appears they had a happy one. She didn't murder her husband, he died of natural causes, or at least his death certificate says so. And as far as we know, although there is very little documented with regards to the history of Rose Hall at the time, she didn't abuse, torture or kill any of the slaves on the estate. So what led Annie Palmer, a seemingly normal young woman, without a sadistic streak a mile long of magical powers, being immortalised as the White Witch? It appears the origins of the legend date back to 1868, when John Costello, who owned the local Falmouth Post newspaper, wrote a pamphlet called The Legend of Rose Hall. It contained many aspects of the story as it exists today, but the White Witch was Rosa Kelly, rather than Annie Palmer. It included Rosa's statue at St James's Church as being a memorial to the White Witch, and Rosa's four husbands come into the story too, lending some credibility to the tale. In 1911, a book written about the history of St James's was written. This included the story, but changed the White Witch to Annie Palmer. Then as we know, Herbert Delis's 1929 novel sealed Annie's place in Jamaican folklore, and the reputation of Rose Hall as being the most haunted building on the island. But if the story of the White Witch isn't true, or at least some aspects of it certainly aren't, then who, or what, is the cause of paranormal occurrences that are reported here all too often? Could it be Annie returning from the dead to clear her blackened name? Over the years, numerous stories have emerged, recounting sightings of Annie Palmer's ghost, or Dubby, as they are called in Jamaica, and strange occurrences within the mansion. Such reports have fueled the estate's reputation as one of the most haunted places in Jamaica, and have attracted visitors intrigued by the supernatural. Annie Palmer's supposed death did not bring an end to her infamous legacy. Many visitors and staff members of Rose Hall claim to have encountered her ghostly presence within the mansion's corridors. She is described as a haunting figure dressed in white, appearing suddenly and disappearing just as mysteriously. She's most commonly seen on the stairs in the Great House. Annie's spirit is said to harbour a deep resentment towards men, and is known for her viciousness in tormenting them. However, Annie is not the only ghost set to one of the halls of Rose Hall. The spirits of her victims are believed to linger as well, seeking justice or retribution. Slaves who suffered under Annie's cruelty have been described as ethereal figures or sensations of unease, reminding visitors of the plantation's dark history. The spirits add an air of mystery and supernatural to the already enchanting atmosphere of Rose Hall. There have been reports of screams and the sound of running footsteps heard coming from various rooms within the house especially in the cellar area, which now serves as the gift shop. Outside the house, where the slaves would have once tended the sugarcane plantation, the rattle of chains has been heard. The tales of the ghost of Rose Hall have become an integral part of Jamaican folklore. Locals grew up hearing the chilling stories and passing them down from one generation to the next. The legends have also piqued the interest of tourists, drawing them to Rose Hall in search of an otherworldly encounter. The haunted mansion has become a popular destination for ghost tours, allowing visitors to immerse themselves in the chilling ambience and attempt to unravel the mysteries that surround the estate. The legends surrounding Annie Palmer and the hauntings reported at Rose Hall have solidified their place in Jamaican culture. Whether believers or sceptics, visitors cannot deny the intrigue and allure that emanate from the estate. Over the years, numerous visitors and residents of Rose Hall have reported eerie occurrences and paranormal experiences. These manifestations include disembodied voices, footsteps, apparitions and objects moving inexplicably. Witnesses claim to have felt a chilling presence, as if they were being watched by unseen eyes. 
Cold spots have been reported and a sudden uneasy feeling, which passes once a visitor leaves Rose Hall. Some visitors have reported being touched or pushed by an unseen force. Rose Hall also has its very own curse. It's been written that as a result of the wrath of the tormented souls who perished under Annie Palmer's rule, it's said that her victims, fueled by the vengeance and a desire for justice, placed a curse on the estate. The curse is said to bring misfortune, tragedy and death to anyone who attempts to claim ownership of Rose Hall or disturb the spirits that dwell within its walls. Such phenomena has captivated the imagination of paranormal enthusiasts and have contributed to the legend of Rose Hall. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. You can follow How Haunted on Twitter at at HowHauntedPod or over on Instagram at HowHauntedPod where you will see photos galore relating to Rose Hall. If you want to get in touch, you can do so by visiting the website at www.how-haunted.com or you can email me directly at rob at how-haunted.com. Feedback, location, suggestions and your own experiences are all more than welcome. Feel free to ask me any questions you like and I'll answer them all on a dedicated Q&A episode. If you'd like to support the show, you can sign up to one of three Patreon tiers. They start at as little as £1. If you'd like to get early access to episodes, as well as access to exclusive episodes, where you can join me in an actual paranormal investigation and hear the audio as it happened, you can gain access right now for less than the price of a pint, and there's ten episodes of this nature waiting for you right now. There's also a tier where not only do you get all of that, but you can get yourself some exclusive How Haunted merch, as well as join me in an actual paranormal investigation via livestream. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash howhauntedpod to find out more. If you aren't a fan of Patreon, or perhaps would prefer to make a one-off donation to the podcast, why not donate £2 to buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com forward slash howhauntedpod. All the information on how you can support How Haunted is in this podcast episode description and over on the website. I'm running a competition where two winners can win a signed copy of one of my new books. There is a copy of Illustrated Tales of Northumberland, which was released back in February, and a copy of Paranormal Northumberland, which was released in May, up for grabs. In July, I will be walking 28 miles in one day to raise money for Cancer Research UK in memory of my dear friend John, who lost his battle in 2017 aged only 34. To enter the competition, as well as supporting a worthwhile charity, if you can afford to do so, please consider heading over to justgiven.com forward slash page forward slash walk for John 2023. That's walk, the number four, John with an H, 2023. The link is in this podcast episode description and sponsor me whatever you can afford. Then just drop me an email at rob at how-haunted.com and I'll pop your name in the hat. I'll do the draw at the end of July and I'll ship the books out to the two lucky winners anywhere in the world. If you've enjoyed this episode, if enjoy is the right word, then please subscribe and review the podcast on your podcast provider of choice. It really does help other people to find How Haunted. Next time out, we're continuing our overseas investigations when we take a look at a forest nicknamed the Bermuda Triangle of Transylvania. It is said to be inhabited by aliens, ghosts and even the devil himself. Since the 1960s, all manner of bizarre occurrences have taken place here, including the disappearance of a shepherd and his 200 sheep, which were never found again, and a five-year-old girl who entered the forest and went missing, 
only to reappear five years later, wearing exactly the same clothes and without having aged even one day. But there's more, much more. Let's head to Romania together and head into the Hoi Bachu Forest. Thank you so much for accompanying me for our paranormal adventures once again. Stay safe and join me next time when we will once again ask the question, How Haunted? Haunted?